deepest secrets, concerns of being a black woman, Negro, Hebrew in America. So come and listen to us. Check us out. We are here to serve you. Barakatha. Because I'm fired up. I didn't got my wine in me. And every time I'm drinking, the show be fired up from my end. So, <laughs> well, I'm going to pull from your energy, sis, because my energy is on E. Okay? I know you had a long day. An extremely long day with no nap. <laughs> mm. So, let's just dive on in. And you know how we normally read these pages? Like, we we take turns. I don't even know how to take turns. This shit is all over the place. It is. It is a lot of information. And although she mentioned, so listeners, when we talk about chapter nine religion from pages 133 to, will we stop that? 144. Um, she only focus on Christianity, but she mentions so many different other religions um, when she opens the chapter. So she starts it off with, who is your God? Is it Allah, Christ, Jesus, Jah, Yahweh, Ra? Jehovah, Buddha, Holy Spirit? Is you Muslim? Is you a Jew? Is you Christian? Do you read the Bible, the Torah, the Quran? 
Mm-hmm. Do you practice the faith of Islam, Christianity, Judaism, or Buddhism? Do you consider him your your savior, your lord, your creator? How do you know? Mm. So, you know, she has us go through this realm of thinking and brainstorming as to what religion do we connect to? But then when you dive into the chapter, all she talks about is Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as what we've read so far, because we don't know what's to come in the other pages that... And we've decided to split up this chapter because it's a heavy chapter and it's lengthy. And we don't want to do the disservice of speeding through this book as we have been. So we want to make sure we cover full ground. So as a reminder, we are deconstructing the book, The Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man by Sister Sherazad Ali. We are at chapter nine, Religion. And our whole purpose of serving you with this information is not to entertain you, but to encourage you to make some serious changes in your life as we understand in totality that we have a problem. The Black man, the Black woman typically do not get along in a cohesive, functional, progressive way. We're staggering in our relationships. And our children are suffering. So mm. we're taking on the approach to say, hey, let's make some changes so that we can really uplift our family and our union with the black man. Because if he doesn't do well, we don't exist. Mm. So we need to be there for him. And in order to be there for him, we need to understand his trauma and the things that are serving him incorrectly or whatever is a disservice to him that he may be practicing that we may be able to pull his coattail and have him rethink his behavior and his practices mm-hmm. so that is the purpose in case you didn't know now you know <laughs> and for those of you you know who are on your high horse like oh we can make it without the black men you know or everybody don't need to marry black or whatever you know, look at Kamala. First of all, she ain't black. She Indian. Let's go on there. And mm-hmm. she married outside of her race, period. She's married to a white dude. Like, what good is that for your nation? What good is that? Like, what message is that sending to building the black family? Exactly. And that whole caste system is something deep in its entirety. We was kind of briefly talking about it at work today there's a book and I can't remember the name of the author when we do our reviews I'll share the name of the book but in the Indian system they do have their form of white supremacy racism because that is a global front every culture has their darker hue people that's mistreated and the lighter less hued people running and controlling politics and their world order of their their land and and space and um there is a group of people in india called the dalits where they get no respect Mm. at all that's the niggas of india Mm. um, dalits so kamala is not a dalit she is a part of the white supremacy caste and she is um operating exactly the way they want her to because she has abandoned her race she completely 
migrated into a different world and culture that doesn't include the pain and struggles of her people. She's no longer a part of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but back on topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, don't li- don't believe a word I said. Me neither. Listen, do your own research. Exactly. So, Sister Sharazai, she opens up the chapter in saying that our black man, he's very spiritual. He is a spiritual human being, and he typically attaches himself to a church. Um, she explains that the first church ever recorded that is a black church was in 1787. Mm. And she describes, you know, the typical behavior of blacks in church, which involves either singing and praising, which is a relief that blacks share to expect some type of peace after death, or they're crying and mourning the bad times. Mm-hmm. And she said that the Christianity was a religion um, that the slave master forcefully placed on black people, mainly the black man. You know, we've already discussed religion means to restrain and keep down. Shout out to our good brother Yashkara, but we've already gone over this, so y'all already know what it's hitting for this this episode. Yes, and there are levels to it, because she does give religion a different definition that I thought was dope, which would mm-hmm. be the ideal religion to practice, but is not currently practiced, but we'll get to that. Um, but as Sister Kahawiya mentioned, yes, the religion that um, Christianity encouraged black men to do was to love your enemy and to mm-hmm. be in servitude to your master, to be a submissive, to be a slave to those that were that are harming you and doing wrong by you. And she breaks it down as two verses and chapters in the Bible that the slave master used to reiterate that type of thinking and behavior. And Sister Sharon how everything in the Bible they only use those specific verses I know because the Bible is thick <laughs> they don't reference you know the shit that's in the Old Testament all too much but they steady focus on the New Testament they sure do and it's, and it, it's funny because in reading re, um, reviewing the verses that she shared although I'm not an avid church goer I remember those verses <laughs> being told to me during the time that I was in church. So they, even though people feel that slavery and all of that has happened so far away, so long ago, um, I will remind you, Dr. Amos Wilson, he always says in his lectures that it didn't leave, it's still here. You still speak the language of your slave master. You still carry the name of your slave master, you probably still work for one of his ascendants. You still mm-hmm. wear his clothes. You still use his money. You still don't own no land. You a slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and even if you own the land, it's not among your people. You're still a foreigner of this land. So, you know, and it's good to identify that. It's, we're not sharing this information to put you in such a defeated stage that's not the goal the goal is just to have some truth to what your experience is so you can navigate through your truth and really meet your desires because too many of us want better but if you're practicing all the behaviors that's going to lead you to your demise 
no matter what you want, you ain't going to get there. Mm. So that's what this is about. Um, and Sister Shavazad, she's sharing with us that our black man, he has been totally removed from his original roots. He doesn't have any memory as to the religion or the spirituality he practiced prior to slavery. And she goes on to explain that even just using the word Africa, um, you know, we've, we refer to our people being stolen from the continent of Africa. She explains, which we've been told, I think we may have shared this, that the warrior, European warrior that was victorious in certain countries in Africa, his name Alexander Africanus of Greece, that is where the word Africa comes from. And she said that there is no word that is described, or she's not aware of a word that is described to use of, to, to speak on that whole continent. But I came up with um, Al-Kebulan. I found that on Google search. Um, mm-hmm. that, that was the most um, authentic words used to describe that land. But we circumvented the entire planet freely and civilized those as we encountered, we didn't have the need to name and label <laughs> um, land and space. So I mean, it was, um, this is here and that's <laughs> over there. And um, everything else is, you know, it just be what it is. <laughs> so, you know, there is some different um, views of opinion um, on that. There is some great work done by Dr. Sheikh Anta Diop. Um, If you want to look into the beginning of civilization, he has a book called, and I'm going to just make sure I'm saying it correctly. I believe it's Civilization of Barbarism. Just going to confirm that real quick before. Yeah, Civilization or Barbarism um, by Sheikh Anta Diop. He wrote it in 1981. Um, well, it was published in 1981. It's an excellent historical guide. I mean, it gets five out of five <laughs> ratings online. It is a textbook workbook. <laughs> it is not a quick read at all, but it is loaded with information. And he was a scientist that during his time, he was shunned out of the community because he was so brilliant in discovering our truth that they rarely ever talk about him. So uplift this brother and get his work. Eventually I want us to um, graduate to his type of work and break it down because he's amazing. And he talks about this um, in its entirety, but we're going to continue to go through what Sister Sharazar speak on. So, you know, she's identifying that our black man, he's confused period because he doesn't have his historical memory of his deities or his spirituality he's referring to a continent if he even acknowledges that he is from africa which is named by a european warrior he's not using the actual name and she goes is his home where i'm at is foreign and i'm treated differently but where i came from is home And he's just trying to get back home. Exactly. And she explains that the word religion, um, when you break it down, the Latin word, 
it means linking back. And she says her version of religion, the purpose is for people to be able to connect back to their ancestors and link their heritage in. So, you know, their code of conduct, their belief system, their their morale, their way of living, their way of being. That's what religion is supposed to be. Um, but unfortunately, the religion that is practicing Christianity, she shared, is doing more of a disservice um, to the black man than is actually um, has helped him. And she says that the black man during the time of the Christ, of Christianity being forced down his throat to be practiced, he tried to maintain and hold on to his language. But as it disappeared, his reference to God, to his own God, also disappeared. Yeah, and why did it disappear? Because there were violent steps taken to ensure that that shit disappeared. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he just forgot. He was forced to forget because if you think about how many people was lynched, how many people was whipped, how many people was, you know, sickened on by dogs, like, you're going to remember whatever the fuck it take you to survive at some point. Yeah. And with chattel slavery, oftentimes the elders that maintained the language and the history, they were killed off. Mm-hmm. And they bred our people as animals. So as soon as mom and dad, and they weren't even a union, they were put together to mate, to to have big, strong children. When those babies were born, they were dispersed based on the hot to the highest bidder. So there was no family structure. There was no length of information. Which is one of the reasons why I get so disturbed, specifically with Caribbean Blacks who didn't practice chattel slavery. They still, they had slavery and their slavery was was cruel, but they knew where auntie, uncle, brother, sisters were on their land. In the States, chattel slavery was totally different from what Caribbean slavery was looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother topic in itself but the trauma is real and that trauma she shares it shows up in the verses in the hymns of the songs that the slaves sung and she um points out one of the the hymns that everyone knows is nobody knows the trouble I've seen nobody knows but Jesus Mm. we've heard that um so you know she's saying during this time he's She's totally talking about um, not just the God, because what we tend to think when we when our people at this time refer to Jesus, they're referring to a deity or a spiritual person um, or God, the creator himself. But she said they're referring to the slave ship, mm-hmm. so the same was, slave ship that brought them over here. Yes, because the slave ships we called the Jesus. And the and good shit Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the name of the slave cargo. And if you didn't know, now you know. Because when they put the black man on the slave ship called the Jesus, they named him Adam 1. Adam and two. if you still feel like you don't know, look that shit up. Because of yeah. that. Yes. 
um, she, you know, goes on to share other hymns that are that the black man has used, um, in, in that you find in his songs to express his feelings about um, his current condition and how harsh it was for him. And she said that, you know, when they were calling for the ship Jesus, it was essentially for them calling to be able to get back home to Africa. That was their their cold way of saying that they wanted to be back home. And the, you know, the the sadness in that, you know, the 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 amount of trauma that they have gone through to be removed from everything that you know, to be forced to practice something that is so foreign, so unlike you, and then to be convinced that you are supposed to live a life of servitude. Um, it just became a norm. It became the lifestyle of the black man. And she shares that, you know, till today, <laughs> Christianity is still being forced among our people. She says that Christian mis- missionaries are still on the continent mm-hmm. of Al-Kebulan, known as Africa, and that one third of the schools in Africa are operated by Christian missionaries. Yep. One half, excuse me, of the schools are operated by Christian missionaries. So And I this... wonder if that's be you know, like I wonder if that's the only way that they'll get funding. Huh. Possibly. Mm. Possibly. It's deep. research something to research definitely so that restraining keep down um mentality related to christianity is definitely present she um she explained the new testament and she shares that ephesians chapter 6 verse 5 um states servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto christ so she said that our slave masters at that time specifically chose verses for black men to understand that it is their obligation <laughs> to be obedient to um, their master. They don't read the rest of the chapter to find out what the situation was. They just pick out, you know, one or two lines that caters to the bullshit that they putting out. Yes, because if you learn at that point of time, we weren't allowed to read. It was against the law to teach Honey, our people make to sure read. we know how to read that Bible. Well, they just gave one part. of us, just one. They gave one person the opportunity to recite or read, mm-hmm. but he wasn't able to disseminate that information and teach everyone else. But the the what got me was the fact that it says to obey your master with fear <laughs> and trembling it's like you know they know they're putting harm on us and they know that we're experiencing some severe trauma but they found verses that's going to explain that our trauma is supposed to be this way because we're supposed to be obedient mm-hmm. and again this is something they're teaching to the babies and to the adults who were babies who didn't have their mom and dad to tell them anything. So they're blank canvas. Mm -hmm. They don't have no recollection of anything outside of I'm just a slave. So it was easy to program the babies 
to the the in the black men and women that matured into adulthood, it was easy to program them. The only time they got a whiff of freedom is when they discovered freedom from those who managed to escape. And you have um she doesn't talk about those people at all. She just talk about us in our worst state. But I wanna see. We did have we did have some of us who were not on the plantation, but that'll be a different topic for a different day. Um, but look into this is this is information that's worthy to continue to look into. It's so loaded, it's so deep, and if you're depending on our podcast to really break down the history, you're doing yourself a disservice because you have to get the book yourself, and you have to get multiple books mm-hmm. to identify the truth because. I'm sure Sister Sharazar may have gotten some things misconstrued. Um, it tends to happen, especially when you discover our history, because it's just a pocket of layers of lies. Mm-hmm. You gotta peel back the lie and and redefine what it what it actually is as you mm-hmm. go through. Um, Sister Sharazar, she mentions another um, verse in Christianity. Um, she says Galatians chapter six verses four and five but let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for every man shall bear his own burden so that individuality mm-hmm. that's the separation of black family that's yeah. like you're not so-and-so's mother you your own person mm-hmm. you're not so-and-so's father you are your own person first yeah so when he forced his the black man to be a motherfucker, to fuck his own mother, to produce big, strong black children, mm-hmm. or when he forced his the black man to beat his sister or his cousin or his aunt with the whip, it was that mentality that you are to prove your own work and to rejoice within self and not in another. Some wicked, wicked... Mm-hmm. <laughs> wicked things that have been done to us and which is why i have such a soft spot for our people because when we are out here acting a fool you know how i feel (laughs) i'm like nah i know they need to improve but we need to focus on those that actually put this on us they created frankenstein folk and the fact that we're still here we still rise and still accomplish it's i mean so for me the fact that we are still here and we still rise that's what makes me feel like okay so you see that there are people around you that are still rising so if you gonna act that fool act a fool with the people that put you here don't act a fool with your own and so going back to our last episode and I guess that's kind of why I feel differently from you because those same people that you were saying you know have the straight up negative influences around them they don't know nothing else they know how to act right when they're around other folk (laughs) that is true (laughs) so that's where I get like ho 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 because if you ain't know no better you don't know no better all across the board you acting up with everybody but if you can pick and choose when you act up you need to act up with your damn oppressor and stop acting up around the people 
that is just like your ass. And it's a level of comfort, too, because they got to get called out on that. Our people are comfortable beating the shit out of our own people. But mm-hmm. when some a foreigner comes in and, and rape your wife or hurt your child, you want to go to court. Tony. You want to talk about it. <laughs> you want to figure it out. <laughs> but if it was your own person, your own people, you don't think twice to, to hurt them or to get your point across. So, well, you know, even they- when it comes to, you know, standing up in defense for somebody else, then it's like, oh, well, people are people. You know, everybody's human. So if you can see that everybody's human, that man bleed just like you bleed. So if that nigga come in here and rape your wife, you should be able to respond to that the same way you respond, the same way you would respond to your brother who stepped on your toe accidentally. You that, should be that, able to have that same energy and transfer it where it belongs. You're right. You're absolutely correct, but we've been trained to harm each other and not to harm anyone outside of us. Because when we did defend ourselves, I mean, they they didn't only kill the black man, they'll kill the family. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've done so much torture to us that it scared us <laughs> completely. The trauma I mean, it certainly is real. You know, even within the 1960s, they done killed everybody that was really making a serious change and those who was cooning us is still living mm-hmm. and and you know so it, the amount of fear they put in us to, to you know really collaborate is present to this day which is why I feel it's so important for us to do things in a privy it doesn't have to be the standing ovation that is necessary to get our people on board mm-hmm. I just look at how we transfer in the the way of language and behavior. When we say, I remember the end of the day. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was our joint. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we didn't have no vote to say that shit. We said it. We lived by it. We felt that way to the point. I saw white newscasters saying at the end of the day. I said, "Wait, hold up." What you know about the end of the day? <laughs> Who taught you that? <laughs> who taught you that so I'm like you know what we, we're we so looked upon and enamored because as much as they hate us they love us we're the most mistreated most, misrep- most misrepresented most hated most imitated but most loved so if if I can focus on just loving me and uplifting me and changing my way of behavior, I ultimately changed those around me. Think mm-hmm. about when we transferred, uh, when we chose to wear our hair natural. Everybody wasn't down with that mm-hmm. in the beginning. And now, even if the sister put in a weave on top of her head, her hair is not perm no more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only a few sisters still rocking the perm. Um, you know, with the short hairstyles, but many of us went natural, and that was just a few sisters braving the. Oh, criticism. but you know what? I do gotta say. So I learned recently. My good friend, I don't know if she want me to say her name, but recently, she um shared with me. So we don't get perms. White folks get perms. We get relaxer. Yes. <laughs> Because perm's supposed to kink the hair up, right? Right. The perm gives them curls, and the relaxer curl, straightens our curls. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm glad you made that correction. I heard about that. I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding. You know what? I heard it like way back when, but I didn't know, you know, the difference. So when she corrected me in my speech just recently, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, because I think because the perm is like, it's a permanent. <laughs> she was like, all right, let me tell you. I was like, oh, yes, let me know. And see, I was open to receiving the new information that I didn't know. And I didn't be like, girl, bye. You know, like, don't be correcting me. You know, I was open to that. So I appreciate her for that. Thank you so much. You know who you are. I don't know if you want me to say your name, but thank you. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that being okay with correction because our people are so, we're so used to being so rude and hurtful to one another that, even when we don't even have the intent to hurt, a person will feel as if you're attacking them. And it's like, no, I'm just sharing information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm just trying to, you know, tell you something different. So I'm glad you mentioned that. It is, we ha- we need to evolve in a space where we're okay to be corrected. All right, thank you. Hi. I love it. Mm-hmm. Correct me all the time. I want to be corrected. Even right, if I have please. an attitude. In the moment of it, give me what I need. Yeah. Give it to me. Let me know that I'm incorrect and we move on from there. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> I will appreciate that you call me out on it rather than have me going around reciting the bullshit that I thought I knew and looking stupid. Mm-hmm. And, and, and going on with reciting bullshit, Sister Charizard said that, you know, we we got, we we were a little clever in our in how we retained information, even though Christianity didn't benefit us, but we learned to sneak in cold words in our music. Mm-hmm. And she said that our, um, you know, in gospel, there's a call and response chant. She just gave us a small input that that call and response chant was derived during that era. And that's how they shared codes as to, you know, where to go and what to do based on their singing. Because there was no talking when you worked the fields. Mm-hmm. The only thing you could do was sing. So there were, there, within the songs and the hymns, um, our brothers and sisters found ways to also send code messages to one another. But ultimately, Sister Shamazad is saying that Christianity is the black man's biggest downfall. And that the fact that he's aware of all the injustices done upon him by the white man. There are many black men that still think that the white man did not lie when it comes to his religion. Hmm. The only thing that he lied about was the fact that Jesus was black. It wasn't was was white. That was the only thing that he lied about. That Jesus was white. Instead of that, everything else is all right <laughs> with the Bible. The validity of the rest of the Christian teachings is un is is unchecked. Mm-hmm. So she's like, hold up. You know, how can you know that this man has been responsible for trying to harm you in every way possible? Yet you think he wouldn't lie about religion. Mm-hmm. Lied you know? about your name. Lied about where you came from. Lied about everything else. Oh, but this yeah. one is true. I believe this. Mm-hmm. And she said the, the only thing that the black man has done when it relates to religion and trying to correct 
the uh, the falsehood in it. It's just changing some of the images, making mm. black, making a black Jesus here and there, making some of the the saints black. But she said, you know, even when he has the opportunity to have a blackout cast of folks for the Bible, you know what he, that's like. Mm-hmm. That's like those of us who paint Santa Claus black in our house. Mm-hmm. That's what that's like. <laughs> yeah it is and uh, and and see that's one figure she said we're okay with painting that one figure she said but when it's time to paint the whole everybody in the bible black that's when we want to pull out the orientals the hispanics (laughs) (laughs) we 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 still don't feel comfortable to just make it about us and this is that's when we get the all lives matter Yes, because oh, she she says the black man he feels that you know if he features solely black, that it will tarnish the image of God. And remember, you know we've been put in such a low grade space because the white man one of the biggest injustices um, that I've been learning that he has done to our people is that, and I learned this from Dr. John Henry Clark, he has removed us from our historical text within history he has removed our people from history he has renamed us into people who did not contribute or civilize humanity as that is our true stance he made us to be this group of people that needed to be civilized and are completely inferior externally and inter and internally mm-hmm. and there have been he uses Christianity as a way to determine whether or not you're civilized. So if he teaches you Christianity and you adhere to it, okay, you nice. on your way to being a civilized people. <laughs> <laughs> but if you reject it, oh no, these folks is barbaric. We got to put them in chains. We got to yeah. like really get them right because they're not accepting this word. Never mind the fact that they do not behave as Christians themselves in the way that they teach it to you. Yeah. It's, 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 it's horrific because they, anytime they show our people, even to this day, I was listening to our brother Yash Kara, and he was sharing that, you know, anytime they show images of the continent of Akebalon, we call Africa, um, they show different countries they show the mud huts, mm-hmm. the starving babies. They don't show the communities that look similar to cities in New York mm-hmm. or in Chicago. Like you Nairobi. Know. Nairobi is beautiful in Kenya. And they have skyscrapers like they have, you know, in New York and Chicago in Los Angeles. And they don't show that. No, because as much as they hate us, they love us because... If uh, if African American, so called African American, we're gonna call them Negro Hebrew people, if we've truly left the ascendance of those that were enslaved on this land. If all of us left, took all of our talent, our knowledge, our charisma, our our wit, everything that we have, we left, they would not be able to function. Mm-hmm. We own nothing and spend the most. We fund this economy. Unless they could function with the Asians, because, you know, they got some shit with them, too. (laughs) The Asian society um, contributes a lot to the American society, so they might can function with them. They don't like them as much. 
So, but mainly as a loan, because the Asians, yeah, as a loan, because they come in the conquer. They like, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> you know, it's 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 insane. I mean, but we left. It would be, they don't want us to leave. As and they and and you know they don't want us to leave because they not sh- they could give us a stimulus package to relocate. <laughs> mm-hmm. They could show us the places. In the on the continent of of Al-Kebulan, known as Africa, for us to want to go, but, but you know they what, don't show too, us that they make they make too much money off of us. Too, no, they don't. They want us to stay where we at. Mm-hmm. You know, we are still we work very hard for the white man. Still do, and that's not really because we working hard for him. We're just a hardworking people in general. Whatever we do, we know the black man. Whatever he do. He's going to be the best at it. Like Sister Shavazan said. If he commit himself, he's going to be the best. He's going to be the best. She said, he out there um, robbing cars, best believe. (laughs) Best car robber you ever seen. (laughs) You know, that's just what we do. We're the best at whatever we do. So, you know, this is why it's so important to put so much love on ourselves. Because if we truly operate at our prime, at our highest way of being and living. Because many of us aspire, we'll see ourselves in a better position, but we are not there yet. If we actually truly get ourselves in that position, and it's not just an individual thing, it's I'm there, mama there, daddy there, cousin there, auntie there, we're all there, the like-minded is there, then you can blossom. And, you know, it. What we're, the, the idea of this may not happen in our generation. At all. Sister Shavazad in her last book, she shared that this work may take 50 plus years to actually transpire into fruition where we actually are really coming together as one and working as one. Right now, we're just trying to identify what the hell is wrong (laughs) with us and then come up with a plan. But you know what? Let's go and take a praise break on that word. Yes. We done made a habit flipping nothing into something. Triple every dollar, dog. I put that on my mama. Who I think they like me because I talk about my commas. If I had to do it to it, I'd be frontline with the llama. So I suggest you act right or get left. Uh, kill him with the baseline. Treble clef. Uh, put it in the stocking, then we ship it overseas. And when that Fetty came back, it was more than what we needed. So I suggest you play a part and get it to him. What we doing? Judah is the tribe that nappy head is super duper. If you ain't rolling with us, then I take it you against us. So you better keep your cool and keep it moving. Hope you're listening. Let me break it down for a second. Wait, wait. You and I are not the same. Split the cake and my lady. Mode alone is supposed to snacks. Uh, don't know why they hit me. I'm just trying to elevate the beast in love, but don't mistake it. If you got it, get it. Shake it, nigga. This is what you want. We can get into it if you trying to build your world. I can put you in direct connection with the plug. Getting all you need it until I put you on. Let me break it down for a second, wait, wait, you and I are not the same, split the cake and all let him hold it on his poses stance, uh, don't know why they hear me, I'm just trying to elevate the peace and love, but don't mistake it, if you gotta get it, shake it, nigga.
how many ways can I tell them that I'm doing better than all of them wanted me to? When it comes to the whips and the money and stocks, I invested the blessings fall in butter too. We don't play by the rules when it comes down to chasing the chicken, the mission is stopping the fool like there's nothing to do. But they say they picking and choose. Lotus got something to prove, and I ain't got no time for the negative. Bossing the move with no hesitant. Taking all pride in my melanin. Lift up my lady, she haven't said. Ain't up for the bait if you're with it, then ride. From a place where they meet you outside in a 24-7 On your type of time, so be careful the words you let out of your mouth They counted me out, yeah, while I was still showing love, yeah Yeah, no more feasting with clowns If you're not moving with us, you a dub, yeah, yeah They wondering how I kept them moving while they try to stop me, yeah Yeah, take a look at me now I'm doing better than you on my worst, yeah, yeah Cause I'm up now We up now What's up now? It's going down In between all that you thought that this was Expressing the fact that the hatred I'm covered up under Can only be that of his love I move how I move when the evidence Settling question it If I'm a writer let go I put that on my soul Flow this ain't never gonna fold And you cannot go where I'm going Thank the father for my daily bread I wish him better Even though they wish I felt no silver medals Pop the kettle pressure Build up on the vessel So please remind me why I should regret ain't it Ain't for debate If you with it then ride We from a place where we always outside And that's 24-7 on your type of time So be careful though What you let out of your mind I love the music we share because it just relates to everything we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but our black men, well, not but our black men, and our black man, um, Sister Shahrazad is saying that you know he feels downtrodden and rejected and despised by the world. So because he has those feelings within him. He doesn't take on the stance to look at the religion that he practiced as something that is him in his highest form. He just practiced it the way the slave master has taught his father, 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 and mother's mother, mother. But she does give a clear representation and instruction of what religion is supposed to do. And if you practice it in its full entirety, you're supposed to know how to pray, worship, how to eat, 
how to relate to others and function in the family, um, what is your societal and community responsibility you'll be fully aware of, how to handle trouble and pain, um, understand your values, standards, ethics, humanity. You have some idea of money management, including charity, who to love, who to hate, rules of peace and war. So if you're really a part of of religion, now this is not the, because remember it's levels to it. So you have the level of religion where it is to restrain and keep down. This is the Kahawia, and I mentioned it. I think we kind of discussed that type of religion with how the black man's been practicing it based on how he was introduced to it and what the, the verses that's pulled from the Bible to get him to be in this servitude state, hardworking servitude state. But then you also have the the ideal religious choice where you're practicing all of those nine points that I mentioned that is actually guiding you to your, um, or linking you back to your true heritage and your ancestors. And this is us operating at our highest form, of course. So with that, I, I personally equate those nine things to spirituality mm-hmm. versus, you know, rather religion. than religion. Mm-hmm. So sister, I can see that. Sister Ali says that religions are a way of life as how she points out those nine attributes. However, I still hold true to religion is restraining geek down. And I believe that spirituality is more so of a way of life with those nine attributes considered. Yeah, because in all religions, people have been killed <laughs> for not mm-hmm. practicing religion. So it's like, okay, maybe this, you know, it's not as, it's, it's, it's all good. But, you know, Sister Shavazad, she does practice, I believe, the Muslim faith. So I can understand why she's um, encouraging us to, you know, see religion on that um in such in a positive light, but I like your point. Spirituality is the way to go. I say that I'm spiritual as well. I don't have a religious, um, a religion that I actually practice. I'm more so in tune to my spirit mm-hmm. and the spirit of others. So yes, um, Sister Sharazad, she continues to break down religion um, as a way of life, as Sister Kahawia mentioned, and she says that you know this topic is very taboo. Um, in the realm of debate purposes that, you know, you can't even bring up um, anything about somebody's religion. Nobody wants to talk about it. Honey, nobody. And you find that even sometimes the people that hold, you know, high titles in the church, they go, oh, no, oh, no, you're not about to talk about this. Oh, no, you're not about to say. And it's like, as long as you're talking in agreement with them, then they can have that conversation all day long. <laughs> but the minute you say anything that goes against the indoctrination that they was taught, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no. I, look, I rebuke you. <laughs> they start using all kind of words, start talking in all kind of tongue, and it's just like, really? Mm-hmm. All that? <laughs> no, it, it's true, because it's like, you know, nearly full of say, stand by your word. If this is, if this, <laughs> you gotta see that cartoon. But listen, yes, you have to see it. He's like, if you a killer, stand by that. 
Oh man, but again, you have to see the cartoon to understand the context. <laughs> and that's hiphopcartoons.net on YouTube. And the title of the YouTube clip is Stand By Your Work. <laughs> and it is the funniest clip ever. Uh, but yeah. And again, yep. when when Nelly Fuller Jr. speaks, he's not speaking as a comedian. So it's not meant to be funny. But when you are deep into this work, you can find the humor in what is being said. And acknowledge the truth in it as well exactly because <laughs> and and that is the that's the life of a crusader of truth um you know when you really crusading for truth you cut and you're searching for just behavior you have to find moments of laughter because it can get you into a, such a depressive state there are many nights and days that i'm just like society and my peers would see me as moody but I'm just in a shell of thought because I'm like, damn, this is <laughs> this shit is heavy around <laughs> around me. <laughs> damn. <laughs> but I'm not sad. I'm not, you know, I'm just in thought. And mm-hmm. um, it's encouraging. It's, it's important that you choose people who love you and who will be able to still lift you up and give you the space to be in that shell when it's required because you can't be on 100% of the time. If you are, you're being fake and phony. You have to sometimes go inward and don't be ashamed of that. You know, it's important to even acknowledge if that's a need for you. And I'm just speaking for myself. That may not be your reality, but it damn sure is mine. Honey, and if you're not being fake and phony for being on 100% of the time, you are definitely caught out in the world. Like you worried about the wrong shit. You are concerned with the wrong shit. You are engulfed in the wrong shit. <laughs> like, if you are not, if you don't have any down moments, like, it's just, you on a fucking cloud that does not exist. And you part of the fucking problem. Yeah. And that's not, and that's not, and, and be careful not to, because I know sometimes when you can get into a show, your mood can cause you to, um, carry that over to your peers in a negative way. Try to hold those feelings within, you know, don't put your baggage on others is what I'm yeah. trying to, you know, still be pleasant and loving and cordial, but, you know, let your family know, I, you know, I'm just in thought. I don't have much to say right now and be okay with that and be okay with saying no when you need to say no. And look, that was me <laughs> earlier. Wasn't we talking? I was like, look, I don't really have that much to say today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I I said all I need to say in the last couple days. I don't look. (laughs) Let me just chill out. (laughs) Yes, and that's valid. You got to be real with your circle. Exactly. And if your circle can handle your realness, they're worthy to remain. Mm -hmm. If they they find themselves upset with your realness and your truth, and they want to back out. He acting funny. Listen, fuck out of here. And 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 really fuck out of here. Let them leave. When somebody yeah. is trying to remove themselves from your presence, let them go. Do not force themselves. Don't force the, their presence on you because you feel you have some type of historical connection or there's a title there or there's a relationship you want to hold to. Some people are meant for a season 
Some people just meant for a damn day. Honey, everybody <laughs> is not meant for the whole journey. Fuck out of no. here is a permanent state. Okay? <laughs> it is not temporary. <laughs> it is not like, oh, fuck out of here for these five minutes, but then we're going to reconvene. Nah. <laughs> My fuck out of here is fuck out of here. Like, bye. <laughs> like, fuck all that. Fuck this and fuck that. It may not necessarily be fuck you, but it's definitely fuck out of here. And again, this is not thought for those that is opposing your views because remember, you want to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Those are for those who are draining you when you're doing your best to be good and to be chill and be pleasant around them, and they still just like ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like wait, hold up, <laughs> are you leeches like? <laughs> Yeah. Give you that leech feel. Like give you the feel of like like you are the appliance and you're plugging yourself in and it's just like using all of your battery life. Like just imagine how that shit feels. Yes, exactly. So Sister Travazon, I mean, she goes on and on in discussing so many different verses and chapters that relate to us um one of the chapters i'm that she goes in that pissed me off girl i was writing all in the margins (laughs) (laughs) um it's saint matthews um verse 39 through 42 Mm -hmm. um it reminded me of what yashkara say the mlk bullshit (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) i was like what it says um, give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that they curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven honey and you know so what they don't say in that verse so when it says ye have heard that it has been said it was said that shit in the old testament so don't act like they just heard this from around the way somewhere that somebody in the village was talking this shit this was the way in the old testament the most high is the Lord of War, first of all. In mm-hmm. the Old Testament, it's like, you know, he don't say if somebody smite your cheek. He said an eye for an eye. A two for a two. Get your life, honey. What yeah. you talking about? I was like, whoa. It's just, uh, I mean, it goes on and on. <laughs> To a point where I, I was just like, this this is ridiculous. It was like, he, he goes into another, excuse me, not he, she goes into another chapter, Romans chapter 12, verses 14, 17, 19 through 21. Um, she mentions that in this chapter, um, it says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap 
coals of fire on his head, but not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Honey, and this our brother so Yashkara say, <laughs> stab. Stab, stab. He says a minute, but honey. <laughs> How the hell you gonna feed your enemy? <laughs> this is some fucked up evil shit. He be shit. like, yeah, I'm gonna feed you all right. Chop off them heads. Them heads gonna be rolling. <laughs> It is, I mean, yo, that yeah. MLK shit is real. That's some and passive. Passive. That ain't even passive aggressive. That's just passive as fuck. And, but that's what Christian, and our black man is too strong and powerful to truly take on that passive behavior. But this is what he's been trained to believe mm-hmm. and to feel and to behave as such. So, you know, it's, it, it amazes me that when you know when we were children and these verses were shared with us, we didn't think this deep <laughs> into it. It was just like you know, let's just love. Everybody needs to just come together and be at peace. But when you learn the atrocities that were purposely done to you to destroy you, to defame you, to dehumanize you. How the hell can you come from that information and then go back to saying, well, I'm going to still love him? Honey. But you know what, too? So not even say but, but. Well, shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but apply. Let's go. <laughs> Sister Ali shares the same view I feel. You know, when she talks about how, you know, going back to what you were saying, how Christianity teaches this to our black men. And he brings this up when it comes to everybody else. But when it comes to his own, he don't think about this Bible verse. No. He think about the Old Testament. Eye for an eye. Yep. <laughs> but half the time he wanted to be a goddamn eye. He just take all the damn eyes. Honey, exactly. <laughs> he don't think about this when it comes to his own fault. Yeah. Like he don't think about prayer. He don't think about love or forgiveness. He ain't think about none of that. He reacts yeah. in- instinctively to fight, maybe even to kill. So why he don't think that way? If it's an instinct, why does that part not persevere when it comes to everybody as a collective? Mm-hmm. It's true. But because uh, well, he don't want no goddamn competition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, teach you this shit. <laughs> Learn it. Practice it. So I ain't got to compete with your ass. You just be my damn servant. Believe it. Because I said it. That's it. <laughs> you know? It's insane. The same all me, the other nearly full of one when he talks about um, homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo. Y'all have to check out hiphopcartoons.net, yo. Hip hop cartoons.net on YouTube. Yo, that brother is dope. He is so dope. That's yeah. why I'm a patron because I love his work, yo. But Sister Shavazad, well not but and Sister Shavazad is sharing that our black man with all of this fucked up teachings <laughs> he has you know, pretty much learned not to defend himself and to stop helping his own people but to help his master. So he pretty much been trained to get a beating and then after get beat, go get a drink to the master that beat him. Honey. And come you know, back for another beating. Yeah. That's so a this whole is like turning of the cheek. 
this is the defective logic. Like it's a, I, I don't know who said this, but I remember a saying where, you know, the black man was forced to never walk or step foot through the front of the home. He always had to walk to the back of the home. He's, and they said that the slave has been trained in such a way that even if there is no black um, back door, he would make a back door because mm. he's, he's so, you know, trained and institutionalized into the system of slavery that he doesn't think outside of it. So, and you, you know, know what, that belief must carry on into even like businesses. Like if you go like downtown Manhattan or wherever, you know, like in Tribeca area, the, um, the service workers now in all different, you know, areas. So whether you be like a delivery person, whether you just work in service or whatever, they have them into them fancy buildings from the back door too. Yeah. Or the side door. Like they don't have them coming through the front door with your mm-hmm. service looking outfit. No, no, the no. servant the servant area, um, elevator or what they call the freight. Mm-hmm. Freight. <laughs> elevator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freight. Yeah. They have it separate from the um the residence. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's still it's it's still practice, most definitely. Um, you know, sister Shabazad, she she says that you know this this treatment um, that the black man has experienced has defected his logic, and um, by him just constantly ignoring the the injustices that's done upon him, and then still practice the very religion that the slave master practices and forces on him. She's like, you know, he just kind of vaccinated with the idea that all he has to do is just love everybody, do good and pray, and God will answer all his questions and his needs and his answers and, and, and just be there for him. Like, this is just the mentality of the black man that to not live for today, but to die, to eventually die in peace and get all the things that you want later on in life. In the afterlife, rather. Yeah, in the afterlife, yes. And she goes on to share not so much in spiritual context, but that the white man has a history of putting, you know, fears in us. She said that, you know, they plagued us with this, the um, with the fear of ghosts and spooks and haunted houses and spirits and stuff. That's mm-hmm. how they, you know, got us to obey and not to consider running away at night. And um, but then they tell us to believe that Jesus died and resurrected three days later. And we supposed to be okay with that. That's yeah. the only time we supposed to accept. <laughs> you know. Yeah, this is this is the, these are the things that Sister Shabazzada is saying that the black man has experienced, and you know these practices pretty much terrorize him. <laughs> you know, between the, the 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 religion system, you know, not protecting him in in his in his trauma but pretty much justifying it like i'm supposed to live this life mm-hmm. i'm supposed to be in servitude this is my ordained um position um based on the bible that was given or forced upon him and um sister shavazad she explains that you know the white man has been unfortunately his face has been imprinted on the face of god within the black man's mind and he does not know how to pull himself out pull himself out such a low opinion of himself like our black men they feel so low 
that they still pray to a white Jesus mm-hmm. um, and still praise all that is white. You know, even and though I they know. It's partly because their grandmama still got their white Jesus in her kitchen. And nobody go against Big Mama. Whatever mm-hmm. she said, right. Even though Mama didn't do no research, she spent most of the time <laughs> watching TV, cooking and chilling, playing cards. <laughs> she didn't, but she said it's right because she said it. Mommy, you know? still got the, um, what is it, the last supper in the living room. Mm-hmm. Right next to Martin Luther King. Go figure. <laughs> yes. So... Um, since the Shabazzah, she continues to explain that the religion and the teachings, it pretty much teaches the black man to just mostly be patient, wait, and believe. <laughs> Don't do no thinking outside of that. <laughs> Everything is going to be there for you as you want it to be when you die. And um, she again says that the investigation of what Christianity has truly done to the um, Negro Hebrews um in the states of USA and also in on the continent of um Al Kebulan um has not really been um uh, noted or researched in its entirety. And she still hold regard that the black church, you know, they although they take off some pressure off the black family because you know the black people we can go to a black church and get some type of relief because there's respect and order there for the most part. You know, everybody has a position, whether they're in the choir, they're on the deacon board, or they're usher, they're executive committee, or they're part of the Sunday school, they do the recitals, they have prayer meetings, dinners, social functions. It's an organized, you know, situation of black folks. And she said, you know, we tend to idolize the pastor or any man that can preach. She said, you know, our brothers, they do very well on the podium mm-hmm. when it's time to praise and worship. And that, you know, the only focal figures that the black man typically present in church is Jesus or Mary. Those are like the focal figures of the black church. And although, you know, the black church is pretty, you know, politically um have some political standing among the people and they know how to organize activities and how to cooperate in unity. Um, and they do spend money. She said the black church spent a lot of money in building the structure of the church or to serve the pastor, making sure he has a nice car, a nice home, go on nice trips. Um, she said that the uh, black church also take care of the the community sometimes, you know, they have the daycare programs, the schools, the nursing homes, thrift shops, free dinners for the homeless and sick. So there are things that the black church does for the community that she said that is good. But in totality, it's still a brainwashing system because it's Honey, still. She say the finest and cleanest buildings in the community are the churches. Now, mind you. Y'all ever seen a a block that looks so run down, abandoned buildings left and right, crack houses you can spot, junkies on every corner, but that church, honey, that church on that corner right across the street from that crack house, Mm -hmm. it looks amazing. All of the windows are intact. It's not abandoned. It's very well live and direct. 
and you don't see nothing wrong with that? Yeah, I ain't seen a homeless sleeping on the front of the church. I um, see that more in Manhattan um, than in any other boroughs in New York. But yeah, you know, she she mentions the good, but Kahawia <laughs> mentions some <laughs> of the bad. So because it's true, the church is not taking care of the black family, as they say in most black communities. You see what you see typically: a church, a liquor store, some fast food chains. So okay. So you said she's mentioning the good. I don't think she's mentioning the good so that we can see the good. I think she's mentioning it so we can see the problem. That's true. Because even though with all of these services, our conditions haven't changed. Right. Because of the teachings that's being mm-hmm. taught. You know, it's, it, 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 it's a good front. <laughs> but it's not really um, solving the problem of us as a whole. Um, Sister Shavazad, I like that she broke, um, explained baptism and related it to cannibalism. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. You know, when we, <laughs> she said, you know, well, it was funny when she mentioned that baptism normally is when the whole body is, you know, dumped underwater to wash away sins, but the upper class folk, they just sprinkle some wood on their forehead. <laughs> Honey. That's what they got. I was like, hold up. So you got to damn near die and me drown <laughs> to consider yourself clean again? Yep. Well, that's the proper way, but but <laughs> that's only if you poor. The upper class folk, they just bring mm-hmm. water on their forehead and they feel they clean too. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they don't want to clean up too much because they don't want to lose their riches. Cause they do. But you know what? That goes to the whole hypocrisy because if, if, so if this is something that, you know, is the way it is across the board, it should be across the board. It shouldn't be a pick and choose type of thing. Yeah, like, we don't Christianity have... is the goddamn buffet. It's like, well, how much of it do you want today? What parts of it do you like to eat? Okay, you can take these parts and that could just be your Christianity. But y'all have the rest of these parts and then that's your Christianity. Like, it's just goddamn... Because we don't have a unanimous approach with this because it ain't ours. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. together, you know, it was put upon us. So, you know, we just kind of twisted around the way we see fit. But she said eating the body and drinking the blood. She said, if you think about it, it's repulsive. But this is what they teach in Christianity. Mm-hmm. That you're supposed to eat the body of the father by, you know, little cracker <laughs> and drink the blood of the father with some wine. Um, this is, you know, a, a ritual um, that is consumed in practice. Off the communion. Was it the first Sunday of every month? And she said European history has, um, they have a reputation of cannibalism. You know, they tend, they try to put cannibalism on, on us, but they have a long history of cannibalism within their people. And she mentions an author, um, Rudyard Kipling. Mm-hmm. Um, the White Man's Burden is cannibalism. It's a poem. It's a, um, honey, it's a wretched poem, tell you that. Mm. I wouldn't look it up. So, you know, she, she mentions different um different scenarios as to how the white man has practiced eating human flesh um, in different parts of history. So much so that she says that the folks who eat human flesh say that it tastes like pork. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. And the idea of it in the religion context is that eating the body and drinking the blood of someone whom is, is for you to want to possess their traits, their strength, knowledge, and great power. Mm. So, you know, it's practicing the religion context for that purpose, but historically, um, it's pretty repulsive. Honey, so when y'all think about that, I want y'all to think about all of them folks in Hollywood that practice Scientology or, you know, that that blatantly come out and mention some of these practices, but y'all just kind of ignore it and still go and pay to see their movies or whatever. But y'all going Yeah. She um she talked about also blood sacrificing of animals. Mm-hmm. How that's pra- how that's practiced um as well. And um you know, she she said that some prophets I mean, cause think about it, even Passover, the whole thing, you know, it was the war. And then you sacrifice the lamb and you spread the blood over your home to show, you know, so that they can pass over you (laughs) and show that you are united with whoever. Yeah. No, it's, it's gory. And, you know, she, as she goes on and on, get the book. (laughs) <laughs> because she does go in on it but you know her, she pretty much closes out this section it just sharing the fact that our black man he is not into this type of gore <laughs> or this type of mentality at all but he's not thinking in historical context of what the white man is doing and how he practices it as sister Kahawia mentioned we just practice it on a enslaved mentality this is what i've been taught this is what i'm gonna do period Mm -hmm. (laughs) with no further research in it and she says you know unfortunately the black man doesn't realize that you know the religion does control the state of his mind and if he's really going to develop a confidence to fix the the world problems of today this subservient religion that he practiced is not going to get him there and that he has to make his own blessings depending on what he does and how he lives, not just waiting for a savior to come and fix all his problems. Mm-hmm. So that, that, I mean, that was the gist of what we read before we get to the second part of the chapter, which goes into Jesus as a man. So, it goes into Jesus, it covers the, the so-called honorable Elijah Muhammad. Oh, I can't wait to get to the next chapter, sexuality and relationships. Honey. That one is thick, too. We're going to have to break that one another up. one to break up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because think about it. Like, I am glad that we did break up this chapter because look at me. We over our end, right? And that's just only half the chapter. Now, if we would have, like, rushed through this work to fit the whole chapter... Yeah. We would be doing our listeners a disservice. Exactly. Exactly. And again, please, if you, any information that we shared, you feel it to be untrue or just um, incorrect or however way you feel you need to share information or add on to it, please do so. We love to be corrected. Um, this is a space of growth and learning. And it's a safe space because we're not going to ridicule you or become a cyber bully and make you feel bad for sharing. Mm-hmm. You have some of those 
that is like, how dare you come on my platform and speak <laughs> against what I got yeah. going on? Even our dear brothers do that. Mm-hmm. that we do <laughs> have that mentality, but we're not on that at all. So we appreciate you being here, listening to us, and um, taking the time to just want to do better. You know, if everybody really was on that wave of peace, harmony, and love, and also willing to take on the accountability to protect and fight and, you know, main, sustain what you have. That's what we need, too, because it ain't just peace and love. Sometimes you got to go into war. Mm-hmm. When that time come, do it, you know? And war may just be cutting somebody off at the neck. <laughs> Not physically, but, like, I'm done with you. It's no... I may have to block you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, and just because you move on from somebody does not mean that you hate them. It don't mean that you don't fuck with them. It just means, well, I mean, I guess it do mean that you don't fuck with them. But you don't fuck with them for a good reason. It, but what I seen on Instagram, it said expired friendship is not beef. Mm. Honey. I like that. Expired friendship is not beef, yeah. Because some people, even though you done with somebody, don't mean they done with you. <laughs> so you gonna, <laughs> you may be going through some um, ripple effects of, of of how they, you know, take on your new way of being. But it's okay. Whether through that sure song, will. it's gonna mm-hmm. make you stronger, build your character and your 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 um your strength within. To love yourself to enough to choose what's important to you. Exactly. Exactly. So that's all I have, my love. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we come back, we're on page. We're, so we're still in chapter. What chapter is this again? Because you know I'll be saying the wrong chapter. Chapter 9, Religion. Um, page 144 to page 152. Okay. So that is the next, that's the ending of this chapter that we're going to conclude when we come back. So if you have anything else, Kahawia? No, ma'am. So I guess we bid you guys a farewell, rich rising, uh, much love, and uh, later, y'all. Here. so much.
Gosh, my mind has this on roads You lie so much, I see you getting taller in the nose It seems you have both hands on life and think you're in control You tell someone your secret, hope they kept it in their toe You spoke your mind, I heard it once before It really takes some guts to stand and fight for something more I hear them always talking, but I never see the moves You can play the victim or defend your right to choose My deeper prints are on my back Still feel that sunshine now Make some choices, look back and laugh And let those feelings go My deeper prints are on my back Still feel that sunshine now Make some choices, look back and laugh And let those feelings go I forgive you, then remind you of the things you did I say I'm sorry and I'm changing, then repeat again It's harder just to break the mold And is it my thought someone else is what I've been told You lose a journey when you're yearning Only see the goal And grandma told you if you're listening You'll see the road And know your crown has DNA that just can never fold And know your power is your tower You can call it gold My deeper are on my back Still feel that sunshine now Make some choices Look back and laugh And let those feelings go Got that soul, 
Your natural flow just 